0: Welcome to Mastering Your Exit Strategy, I'm your host, Christine Trumbull, a Certified Exit Planning Advisor, CPA, and Certified Tax Strategist. I've spent the last 30 years working with owners to grow and scale their businesses, and then went on to help my own husband grow his. After his passing, I moved to the next chapter, ensuring seamless transitions for family-owned and closely-held businesses. Each week, we are talking to experts about growth and transition, so you can not only simplify exiting your business, but also get as much wealth out of your business as possible. Thanks for joining me, and let's get started. Hello, this is Christine Trumbull, and this is Mastering Your Exit Strategy. Today's guest is Dawn Mansky. Her 10 years of living in China and visiting orphanages full of little girls, taught her about the horrors of trafficking after getting to know children and teens that had been victims of human trafficking. Dawn's dream to help rescue and restore trafficked people started with a pair of pants. She said, if there's any way I can help girls like this by selling pants, then I will sell pants. This increased her understanding of using solid ethical business practices to create systemic
1: social change. That pledge marked the beginning of Made for Freedom. During one of my trips, uh, one of my vacations while living in China, I went to Thailand and got these incredibly comfortable, super fun fisherman pants Mm -hmm. in Thailand. So for the wedding, a friend of mine, there are so many pieces here. Sorry, I'm just going to try to connect them all. That's okay. (laughs) One of my friends who was going to be a bridesmaid Mm -hmm. at the time was teaching in Thailand. And I was like, (gasps) oh. can you bring me some of these pants? I can't find them in the United States. I love my fisherman pants. And she was like, is that really a wedding gift for both of you? (laughs) And I really, I told her not to bring, right. I actually told her not to bring anything, but she's British. And I was like, I know you British people, you're so formal and you're going to do it either way. So we might as well bring something I want. Exactly. Yeah. So she, so as wedding gifts, I get these sandals that represent social enterprise and this this business strategy that was really changing the lives of women Mm -hmm. that were in vulnerable situations. Mm -hmm. And then I get these pants that are just fun pants. Like there's no other, there's no other way around it. Right. But the next day, what do you think I'm wearing when we leave for our honeymoon? (laughs) The pants. I'm wearing my pants. Of course. I'm wearing my new pants and I'm wearing my sandals. Yeah. And a TSA agent comments and goes, oh my gosh, I love your pants. Now, when does that happen? A TSA agent. A TSA agent (laughs) says, I love your pants. Where did you get those? And I'm like. Yeah, that doesn't "Um, happen. (laughs) Right. And I was like, "Uh, Thailand, you know, and then I get on the plane and the flight attendant was like, those are so cool. Where can I get some of those pants? And I'm like, uh, Thailand, you know? And then I get back from the honeymoon and I go visit a friend in the hospital and the total stranger walks up. She's like, Oh my gosh, I love your pants. And I'm like, and literally a woman chased me through a parking lot to ask me about, and I'm like, this is just so messed up. Like what is going on? And so it really, I'd like to say it was understanding the issue mm-hmm. Understanding social enterprise mm-hmm. and, you know, these pants, but it really, it wasn't, it was all of these women that just kept going, oh my gosh, I love your pants. I, I'm trying to get ice cream with my nieces. And this lady's like, I love your pants. I'm like, okay. And I start thinking I could start an import company. I mean, I could buy these pants from Thailand. That would not be difficult. Mm-hmm. But I, lo- I love helping people. So that's part of what's driving me, like to get these pants. I'm like, all these women want these pants and I love these pants. and I like helping people and I get excited about things that I love, but I'm like, I don't want to sell pants. Right. That's not what I want to do with my life. Mm-hmm. But if these pants, thinking about this business model with the sandals, if these pants could be the, the base or the foundation of a business that could help people coming out of this situation. Mm-hmm. Oh my. I would do that, so I started down the road of trying to figure out how to make these pants. So okay. we, the fisherman pants, are very baggy mm-hmm. in the back. Mm-hmm. I'm not supposed to say this. My fashion person was like, "Dawn, stop saying that." But here's the reality: <laughs> like the backside kind of looks like a diaper. Okay, you know, not yeah, I know flattering.
0: what you. I, I know what you mean. And any woman who's had baggy
1: pants. Knows exactly what you mean. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah. So they're super comfortable, but not the most flattering. And right. so it was kind of, we decided if we're if we're really going to try to do this, mm-hmm. let's change the pattern so that they're a little more flattering, mm-hmm. still fun, still comfortable, mm-hmm. but a little more flattering. And I thought, well, we changed the pattern. So we probably should change the name because they're not really fisherman pants anymore. Right. So we came up with a name, Crea Belly. Mm-hmm. which is taken from creating a beautiful life. Love that. So Korea belly pants and started, I reached out to some friends and I thought, okay, I didn't even know much about trafficking, but I reached out to some friends who were in Thailand. Cause I was like, I know traffic. I know sex trafficking is a real issue in Thailand yeah. and I have friends there. So maybe one of the most random emails I've ever sent was, hi, it's been a while, but do you happen to know anybody working with survivors of sex trafficking, teaching them how to sew? <laughs> and sure enough, one of them responded and they're like, oh, my gosh, you have to connect with this woman. And I connected with that woman and she was working with vulnerable young ladies. Some were survivors. Some were just very marginalized. hmm. And she said, we sew. And they were from Thailand. So they were familiar with the fisherman pants. And I said, okay, here's the pattern that we've come up with. So we've changed them a bit. And they did an amazing job, like making several orders of the pants. We worked with them to make bags, some other thing, you know. So we started this incredible relationship. And while I was working on that, I started going, I did a research trip to India just to better understand what are some of the, what is it that, that makes people so vulnerable? Like I get it, extreme poverty, devaluation of the girl child, but what are some of the other things that lead to this? And how do, how do people come alongside to help them out? How yes. do we help people? How do we prevent it?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But also how do we help with getting them out and restoring them and right. reintegrating them? And, and that leads me, to, thank you for the segue.
0: That was perfect. (laughs) No worries. (laughs) Um, uh, My next question is: You know, there were a lot of as you're telling your story, there were just a lot of puzzle pieces that were really coming together uh, almost perfectly. Some may say divinely. um, (laughs) That that really enabled you to create this this thing that has such an amazing social impact. But us average people is <laughs> just, you know, sitting here going about our days while we may see something like that. Uh, there, you know, most people don't have the um self confidence, gumption, knowledge, um, understanding, whatever it is. Most people don't go out and say, I'm going to create something. That is going to not only provide you know, a business for myself, income for others, um, but also make a social, a social and economic impact on this situation. How, what is your advice or suggestion for people who feel drawn to do something, but they don't know what that is?
1: I would say just keep looking. You know, I don't, I I would say this was divinely dropped in my lap. I mean, I think that's a good word for it. Um, and I, it was years like mm-hmm. between that video, watching the IJM thing mm-hmm. and actually having an idea for made for freedom was probably three or four years. Okay. So, it, so that was a lot of conversations where I just was reacting very strongly because I, I, I wanted to do something and I didn't know how. Okay. Um, I get a lot of people that ask me, okay, how can I get involved? Mm-hmm. And I have a few responses. One, you know, I have some people that come and they go, oh, you're helping survivors of sex trafficking. I want to go on a raid. Okay, please don't <laughs> like you're not trained for it. Wow. And I'm sure that's <laughs> I know. Can you send me to on a raid? And I'm like, no, no. I, <laughs> you don't know what you're doing, you're going to cause more trauma. Right. And that's not what's needed right here. Possibly get yourself killed. (laughs) Right. Right. Let's, let's not, let's not forget about the being killed thing. Yeah. I, and I wouldn't necessarily, there are a lot of people that get excited about being an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. Not everybody is cut out to be an entrepreneur. We don't need everybody to be an entrepreneur. Right. We need people that are support people. We need Mm -hmm. people that come alongside. I, Mm -hmm. I cannot do Made for Freedom without incredible volunteers and people who work for me more than anything because of what we do. It's not because I pay an amazing salary. It's not because, you know, it's not because they love working for me, ADD mess, hot mess, you know, like (laughs) my leadership style, my, my husband defined it. He's like, oh, it's chaotic. He was reading a (laughs) leadership book. Chaotic. I, there's a whole lot of chaos with a little order, you know? Right. It, and, but, but because of the people that come alongside me, Made for Freedom has been able to grow.
0: Right.
1: So not every, I would, I would, don't think you have to go start a business to make an impact. There are so many different ways you can impact. So referring to made for freedom, Mm -hmm. because I like to do that, right. You know, think about, think about what you purchase. Mm -hmm. Every, our business is based upon when we sell products, it's generating dignified employment. You Excellent. know so think about what you purchase. I'm not saying buy everything, every gift you ever get for the rest of your life buy from Made for Freedom. We're just not <laughs> going to be able to, you know, we can't do that. Right. But think about what you purchase. If you are purchasing something, is it made ethically? Right. So let me, can I tell you a story? Please. So there there's a give back model and I very much appreciate the social enterprises that have helped consumers understand I can purchase an item and it helps somebody.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay?
1: We are part of that model. You purchase a, pro- a piece of anything from Made for Freedom. It's providing a dignified job for a survivor of marginalization or trafficking. But there are also there's also that business model Where it's, you buy this thing, widget,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. and we're going to give money back to this specific thing. So a friend of mine, when she was in her thirties, died of breast cancer. It was horrible. Her mother's also a friend of mine. I worked with her mom and I, she brought in a magazine, all sorts of pink stuff. And they were touting all over this magazine Money that goes to research to fight breast cancer. Mm-hmm. And I see this pink scarf. I like pink. I like scarves. Of course, I want to see an end to breast cancer. Right. And I look at the scarf. I'm like, that's more than I would normally pay for a scarf. But I like pink. I like scarves. Good cause. Right. I buy the scarf. I order the scarf. While I'm waiting for the scarf to be delivered, I notice a little fine print. 0.05% goes to research right and i and at this point i'm also building made for freedom and mm-hmm. i'm learning more about the fashion industry mm-hmm. and this was right around the time of Rana Plaza the where the factory that collapsed in Bangladesh and some of the terrible exploitation that happens within the fashion industry
0: mm-hmm.
1: and i'm looking at this scarf and i'm like okay, you're touting that you're giving all this money back when actually it's 0.05, seriously?
0: Mm-hmm. Like,
1: what are you talking about? Right. And you're not telling me where the scarf is made. So if you went to Bangladesh and you went to a sweatshop and you're paying poverty wages, which leads to generational poverty, and that's where you're sourcing this from. And then you're putting this huge margin on it so that you're making lots of bucks and you give 0.05, you are part of the problem. Yes. You're you are part of people living in extreme poverty, which makes them vulnerable to exploitation. Right. So anyway, I (laughs) you're
0: (laughs) fine. You are fine.
1: (laughs) So when you know, there are some there are some really popular brands and they're all about this give back thing. And I'm like, tell me who's making your stuff. Right. You know, and if you're a business owner and you're buying things, Mm -hmm. if you're selling anything, provide good jobs. Right, you don't have to provide good jobs for survivors of sex trafficking. I mean that we're taking it to kind of an extreme level. But provide good jobs. Right. Pay a decent wage. Right. Exactly. Don't
0: don't contribute <laughs> to the problem that has been existing for far longer than, you know, you can hide from. Uh, especially in those larger organizations, they're well aware of of what's going on and the how they're contributing to it. The, the, you, you can't tell me that they're completely oblivious to that. It just doesn't, there's no way. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? I mean, right. You're, you're, it's active participation. So it's, it's, yeah. Um, and that I, has
1: been the mentality of business for so long. It, it has. So and it's, yes, like,
0: let's, it's do let's,
1: whatever you, whatever you have to do to make the most money, right. you know, whether you have shareholders or whatever, but mm-hmm. I think that's, that's where this beautiful blend of nonprofit and for-profit is coming together. You know, B Corp is amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, For a while there was the L3C, Mm -hmm. which I think is kind of fading away. It was kind of like, who's going to take the landscape. That's the, that's the melting or the merge between nonprofit and for-profit. Right. Um, Anyway. OK, E-corp no, if, I, I'm excited about
0: there. There's yeah, there's a there's a way that you can have a business and be socially responsible. And I think more I think it's coming out more and more. And I think millennials are also pushing that. They're more and more um, f- from the research that I've read and, and what I understand, they're very uh, social impact is is very important to them. What business, how business affects, impacts the world around them, is is extremely important to them. It's high on their priority. It's it's high on their priority list of of who they're going to work for, and and what they're going to do. Uh, thank God, uh, I mean, you know, yeah. at least you know finally we've got a generation coming up that does understand that more than the previous generations. And they're actually willing to do something about it. So I read an article yesterday morning, as a matter of fact, um, from a lady that I will be interviewing as well. Uh, and it's it's talking about um, change agents, which you are a change agent, you are creating change in your arena, and how sometimes these change agents or anybody who's working towards creating an impact can really feel like they're just not making an impact, that the the fight that they're fighting is unwinnable. And she talks about how some of the uh, ladies that she interviewed, uh, how they get through that. When you find yourself, and I have to assume after all this time, you've had periods where you're just like, why am I doing this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not making an you know, I'm not even making a dent. When you find yourself in those places, how do you keep going? How do you get up in the morning and go, I- I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna keep doing this?
1: Uh, you know, there have been, there definitely have been times. I mean, I remember very clearly one, and this was early on. I mean, I'm I'm years down the road and I'm like. This started early, you know, like putting everything I have into this. Mm -hmm. Um, but I remember just weeping and going, okay, God, if there is something else that you want me doing with my life, just kill this, just kill it. Like, this is so hard. I feel like I'm pushing water up a mountain, like, you know, yeah. It's not even a boulder, like a boulder. You I, can I at love, least put your hands on. Yeah. I love the water um, analogy. That's, I'm, <laughs> that's <fantastic. I'm> like, <laughs> even just getting my hands on it. Mm-hmm. I'm just just kill it because I, I want to, I want my life to mean something. Right. And if this isn't going to do anything, I will gladly move on. And within an hour, I got a phone call from somebody who was like, Hey, I heard about what you're doing. How can I help? I want to provide these things for your business. Wow. And I, you know, and things like, and God has shown himself faithful. Oh, so many times. And when I was like, I, I can't do it. I've had enough. I, and I know I can't do this. I mean, when I, when I wanted to start this, I went and talked to someone and I said, okay, here's my plan. Here's what I want to do.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Very good businessman, very well known in the fashion industry. I was like, I need a mentor. Tell me, what do you think? He's like, I think it's a good plan. Here's what you need to do. One, write your executive summary. Two, get a trademark on that name. Mm-hmm. A friend of mine came up with Made for Freedom. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's wonderful. You know, yeah, it is And then three, <laughs> write your business plan. I'm like, okay, I'm right. I'm taking notes. One, two, three, one, da, 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 da. I walk out of his office. I don't say anything to him. I walk out of his office. I'm like, okay, one, look up. What is an executive summary? <laughs> you know, I'm like, so Yeah. There. I started from, I didn't start at ground zero. I started like negative 20. I didn't, there was nothing about my training or my experience that led me to this, but the, the people coming around me has just been incredibly helpful Mm -hmm. and the support that I get from other people, um, these divine phone calls and emails saying, okay, here's this, here's that. But then there's also, you know, I also just a couple things that kind of encourage me.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. One, obviously the fact that we're creating jobs and the way we measure our impact, it's very difficult because we're working with 15 to 20 centers at okay. any one time, and okay. they're all a little bit different. They're not all working with sex trafficking survivors. Some of them are working with those who are very vulnerable. Mm-hmm. So the way we measure that impact, we're like, how do we measure this? Like, We have to be able to measure this because we are impacting lives. Right. So the measure we use is hours of dignified employment. Excellent. And over 25,000 hours of dignified employment. Wow. Wow. And I'm like, that's, that's something that I can hang on to. Like, I can touch that. And I'm like, that, that's not water. Right. That I, I, that's a number that is solid. And I'm like, okay. But then there's also, I, every once in a while, I just think about the number of businesses that have died. Mm-hmm that started the same year as I did. Mm -hmm. We're still alive. When I look at some, you know, you have the, you have those businesses that are like, oh, they started last year and they're, they're at like a $5 million revenue. I'm like, that's not us. (laughs) 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 But then I also, but then there's the other side and it's 94% or some ridiculous number. number. Yeah. That started the same year I did. Mm-hmm. They are long gone. Yeah, and we're still here. Right. So I have to kind of balance those reports of oh the 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 small business that skyrocketed they're anomalies anyway. <laughs> they're <still> yes, anomalies. <laughs> but it's so hard. It you is. know, it's so hard. It okay, is. here's our Economist magazine with all these, you know, and here's this magazine, and they're touting all of these anomalies. Yeah. And I'm like, some of us are never going to be on the cover of that, right. but we're changing lives. Mm-hmm. We continue, every time, every time I place an order for necklaces or t-shirts or scarves or bath and body, you know, it's more hours of dignified employment. Right. And, and I have
0: to, I have to say, because I'm involved with, um, a, a separate organization that is very similar to the sandal organization where they they provide the the microloan they provide the education they provide the setup for a, a woman to create whatever small business um she wants to create in her village and it's not just um the impact of that particular woman and what she's able to do and, 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 you know, the dignified hours. And while that, yes, that is extremely important, but when you help these women or these people, these children who grow up in obviously into women um, it's the ripple effect because these women um, start providing for their families and those and, and it just ripples out into the community. So now you're not just affecting the one; you're affecting an entire village or community or whatever, wherever they happen to be. So it, it's it's. I mean, obviously that's very hard to measure, and I get what you're saying, but it is so much bigger, and and it, and that impact
1: can be huge. Um, and then you don't just sell pants, do you? Okay, well. I need to give an update on the pants. See, okay. people ask how we got started mm-hmm. and it's these amazing pants. I love the pants. Can okay. you tell? I love these pants. Yeah. yeah. Well, the first center that we partnered with in Thailand, mm-hmm. after they made several orders and they did bags and they did all these other things, I get an email from the lady, the director, mm-hmm. and she said, our girls are getting wonderful opportunities to further their education and start careers. Oh, Great. Like yeah. that's wonderful. Yes. And then she continued. We are no longer sewing. <laughs> no. <laughs> so I was like, okay. <laughs> you <for know>. you. <laughs> so we have been. So I thought. Well, you know what? We learned a lot from our first round of pant Crea belly pants. Mm-hmm. Let's work on the design. There's there are a few tweaks that I wanted to make in the pattern mm-hmm. and. We started partner. we started talking to another group providing dignified employment for survivors of sex trafficking. Mm-hmm. And then there was this global pandemic that hit. <laughs> so right now, unfor- I hate to say this because yeah. people get excited about the pants, but we have no pants right now.
0: Oh, wow. We're sold
1: out. Okay. And it was a very good partnership. It mm-hmm. helped with that center in accomplishing other things.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But we're, yes. So all of that said. While I was doing research trips and while I was learning more about this, and I've gotten groups that have just heard about what we do and they Mm -hmm. reach out and they're like, here's the marginalized group we work with. Here are the survivors we work with. Would you please consider carrying our products as well? Okay. So we have products um, from Northern Asia, Southern Asia. Central Asia, the United States, Africa, Cambodia, Nepal, Thailand, uh, Kentucky, St. Louis. <laughs> I, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like, I know I'm mixing up countries yeah, and yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's okay. <laughs> but um we we continue to reach out and we continue to receive requests mm-hmm. and look at okay, what what are the products that we think we can sell well? Mhm. Because we try very much to focus on what style works well for professional women. Right. Um, I as much as I love kind of the fair trade tribal look, mm-hmm. I realized because I got thrown into this world of business owner, right? That there are certain things that I probably should and shouldn't wear and or that I'm going to be wearing. <laughs> and yeah. you know what I'm like, professional women also want to make an impact. Exactly. And exactly. It's sometimes harder to find really good quality ethical products mm-hmm. that work with a business professional businesswoman style. Right. So we try to kind of hone in on that, so that professional businesswomen can find something that they that has this amazing story with it as well.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And and we have yeah organic cotton t shirts that are. Like the softest cotton I've ever touched, and they are working with women coming out of a red light district in Son in Sonagachi. No, the red light district is Sonagachi. Okay, <clears throat> but in Kolkata, Calcutta, India, in India, it's Kolkata, whatever. But in Kolkata, there's one red light district called Sonagachi has over 11,000 women being prostituted out. Wow. This group works with ladies coming out of that red light district, teaches them how to read and write. Some of them don't even know how to sign their name, Mm. teaches them how to read and write, teaches them how to sew, and then provides jobs for them. So it's, you know, so that's just our t-shirts. And, you know, the women that are making the necklaces in Northern China, they were working with women coming out of red light districts and then people, international agencies working with survivors of sex trafficking got mm-hmm. to know how good their program was. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're teaching them leadership skills. They're teaching them how to work with computers, photo photography, photo editing, accounting, inventory. Like they have all these things and they're teaching the women how to do these so they can go on to other jobs. International agencies were like, hey, really good program. We've got a lady we just rescued. Can you take her? So now they're not just dealing with ladies coming out of northern China Mm -hmm. and understanding the culture and the language. Now they're getting ladies with different languages, different cultures, different (laughs) backgrounds, and making it that much more difficult. But
0: but your your company had to, much like every other company in 2020, you had to pivot. Mm. You've been dealing with supply chains and you're expanding and growing and 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 you know evolving that's the word i was looking for you're evolving so and that that makes for a sustainable business model if you're agile enough to you know be able to pivot when you have disruption like that and you know redirect and expand and evolve then that that's a, th- these are key signs of continuity and the ability to continue moving forward and that's that's amazing because you'll be, be able to continue the impact that you're having, which is just naturally growing. Mm-hmm. So I think that's fabulous. So one last question. Well, we could probably have this conversation all day long.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it is. I, I could. could, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> I could
0: too. I find it fascinating. It, it doesn't really work within the time frame of a podcast. So, But one, one last question. What are you currently reading? What am I currently
1: what? Reading, reading. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, I got, see, and I'm not going to remember the name of it because it's so recent. My it's husband, same thing. <laughs> shoot. And I know exactly where it is. I could go grab it, but I'm not going to, <laughs> um, And ah, oh, no, okay. it's gone. It's totally gone. I, I know I could. Mean, do you remember what it's um, about? Yes. It's the woman who did the TED talk on, uh, I want to say Beth. Oh, uh, Scully? Sully? Um, no, nope. She okay. did a TED talk on um, vulnerability. Okay. That, that woman. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll, okay. I'll, I'll figure it. We'll put it in the show notes. <laughs> uh gosh that's okay it's uh but she did this new book and um it's it's really the way she's laid it out is really cool and it's talking about kind of what when brene brown Uh oh (laughs) the power (laughs) i knew i could find it i'm like vulnerability ted talk now she has a book um look, I'm gonna type in vulnerability Ted book. <laughs> and I don't, I it's that's not coming up, but she has a new book. And it's all of these interesting little chunks of kind of lies that women believe.
0: Okay.
1: The way we react when we're overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. And the the way she's put it together, I'm 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 far too ADD for most books i i do dig in and Mm i i love them but i usually get in part of the way and i'm like okay what's next what's next i mean you know (laughs) maybe what's next what's next right and my husband saw this book and he's like this it's little chunks and i could just do any chapter anytime and it it works well for me so okay (laughs) (laughs) you totally caught me off guard, but I got it. Sorry. (laughs) No, that's okay.
0: I want to thank you very much for joining me today. This has been fabulous and very informative, very insightful,
1: and I really do appreciate the time. Oh, well, thank you. I Thank you so much for having me. And it's been great chatting with you.
0: Yeah. And I will make sure to put all of your social media links in the episode notes, uh, links to the website, um, shopping, the whole, bit, <laughs> the whole bit. So as always, they will be in the, in the episode notes for our listeners to check out. Please go and check it out and, uh, you know, do some good. So as always, thank you listeners for joining me today. And I hope that you have found the information in this episode valuable. This is Christine Trumbull with Mastering Your Exit Strategy. Until next week, bye.